Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Footy Draftcast. And on tonight's cast, we look at more teams who failed to make the finals and our team identifies their needs and possible draftees. Plus, who is Neil Erasmus and what is he about? All that and more, coming right up. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Big Footy Draftcast. I am, of course, the Wookiee. Uh, we're joining me tonight over a stellar panel of Big Footy experts, including the Draft and Trading Board's own Pie for Life, EDPS, and somewhat surprisingly, PM Bangers. Good evening, guys. Yeah, good to be here. Looking forward to get stuck in again for my second go and these guys making their debut in this series. And uh, Yeah, Edith- well, oh, jeez. It's just not a strong start. <laughs> We're rolling on, guys. Um, I was just going to say, you know, Pie for Life contacted me. He said, look, we need some big guns in tonight. And uh, I've, I've stepped up to the plate. I didn't get that same message. I, I just uh, just saw that you guys were going on for it. You know, I'd probably rock up. Now, of course, tonight we are, we, we are running through the needs and prospects of various teams who failed to make the finals again, uh, Gold Coast, Hawthorne and Carlton. But first, uh, the AFL has announced its Hall of Legends, uh, its Hall of Fame legends, rather. The three-time Sandover medal winner, Merv McIntosh, and ten-time Sandful Premiership coach, Jack Oti, are now official legends of the game. Joining them in the Hall of Fame will be the first woman ever nominated to the Hall of Fame, uh, Debbie Lee from the VWFL and now at the Western Bulldogs. Uh, Carlton and West Coast Chris Judd and St Kilda's Nathan Burke and Richmond and West Coast Rob Wiley. So congratulations to all of those guys. Any thoughts? Uh, it's always a great honour, obviously, for them to get included. Uh, and it's usually those outside. Like, obviously, Nathan Burke's probably the one a lot of the uh, younger people know. But it's it's really fantastic to see. Like, for me, obviously, Debbie Lee getting included is probably the big highlight simply because, you know, it's about time. And it is the Australian Football uh, Hall of Fame. A lot of people sort of mistake it for the AFL as in the AFL men's. But um, to have her and her contribution included is just fantastic. So really excited for her. And uh, obviously Nathan Burke, um, as someone who, through my era growing up, was certainly an outstanding player. And he's done a lot more for the game uh, coming through coaching the Bulldogs in, in the women's comp as well. So... Yeah, from my perspective, they were the two that really stood out for me. Anyone else want to weigh in on this? I uh, couldn't couldn't agree anymore with Pie for Life. I think seeing Debbie uh, make it in, especially just for her contributions to the women's game, is huge. And then Berkey as well is another one that sort of obviously had his uh, playing career, which was pretty good from all accounts. But he's had a massive influence in the women's space as well, including in the uh, underage uh, space of it. Excellent. Well, congratulations to them all, I think. Although Chris Judd being a bit of a surprise, first year he was eligible, nominated for that. That doesn't happen too often. So, good luck and congratulations to everyone there. Now, we're going to get struck into the main agenda. And first off, we're going to look at Gold Coast, guys. Um, They finished 16th. They've had a few retirements. They've had a few people leave. Uh, Jared Harborough, Jack Homsch, Jordan Murdoch and Zach Smith have all retired. Uh... So how do they cover these losses, guys? Uh, EDPS, who's going to fill their era? Uh, who's going to fill these gaps? 
Well, for the players that were that have just retired, I mean, they haven't been in their best 22 for a lot of the year. So I feel they've already gone about getting a few younger players already on the list to fill those positions. So for the Gold Coast, really, it's all about just filling up with more talent that they can hopefully enhance uh, like they have with quite a few of their younger guys coming through. I mean, a few players have really stepped up, but in like in Will Powell, he's been really, really good. Uh, Lukosius has really gotten his spot there through the uh, halfbacks and wings. And uh, Noah Anderson really came into his own as well through that midfield when uh, Matty Rao went down. I mean, Matty Rao's back in there with the dream team with Anderson. So um, they could still add a bit more uh, speed and finishing touches to that midfield. But another one who really impressed this year, Jeremy Sharp from WA. He was really good on that wing and uh, they've got a lot of good young talent and um, all they've got to do is just keep adding to that through the draft. I mean, uh, it, it's harder now for them to get some, you know, those mature uh, age players to come over of real, real quality. I mean, they've got, got Ellis who, who was really good, but um, if there's going to be an area that they'd probably look for, it might be some more key position depth, probably not as more for mature ages, but more, more so the, uh, Young talent. I mean, up forward. I mean, Ben King's already your centerpiece up forward. Uh, you've got Sam Day who's been there for a little bit now. He's uh, probably probably no guarantee going forward to be you know the partner for Ben King. Uh, Corbett is one who's been really good up there as well. So they could look for another you know athletic half forward type, uh, and they could also go for an athletic key defender to help out Sam Collins as well. And someone who could definitely fill that role is Josh Gibkiss, who is a real uh, athletic freak down back. He could also play forward, but he just reads the play so well at half back. He's intercept marking. Uh, he's, his vertical leap is outstanding. And um, and if they do want to go for a bit bit through the midfield with a bit more class, I mean, Josh Ward, he, he's another one who's a very good left footer. I mean, just adding even more class to the already good inside players they have in Raul and Anderson couldn't be a bad thing. All right, so we've got some questions, obviously, to ask about the Gold Coast and uh, their possible recruitment. Uh, with the need for ready-made key position uh, options, are there any mature ages that Gold Coast should be looking at? Um, there's a few that have been going pretty well around the traps. I mean, um, in terms of you know draft eligible, you've got um, Blake Schlensog, who's been really good at, in WA, uh, playing down back and also up forward at times. Uh, you've also got um, Leek Alir from um, from down in uh, South Australia. He, he's been really good for Central Districts. He's very athletic. I mean, he's still only about that 20 years old, so he's still got years and years to go until he reaches his uh, peak. So, and there's also uh, Sam Skinner, who was up up you know up that way with Brisbane already. So he know the area type quite well. He's another one who's been playing in South Australia, who's been really good down back. Uh, it just looks like he needed a bit more, uh, sorry, a bit, a bit more, um, bit more con- continuity because he has had a f- quite a few injury issues over the years. But you know, he's still around that 24, 25 years old. So uh, I, I don't think we've seen the last of him at uh, AFL level yet. All right. So what about the option that Brisbane have chosen in their drafting by going and like pulling in mates from different uh, from the same club, so they where they're drafting like two people at the same time. Yeah, well, they kind of did that with um, with Matt Rowell and Noah Anderson. I mean, that was a pretty obvious one to make because they were such uh, good players for that draft. I mean, whether they were from the same club or not, you probably still take them. But 
you know, those are two good mates who are both really outstanding leaders. I mean, you could definitely look at look at the types like, say, Arlo Draper and Matty Roberts, who, you know, they've been really good uh, down in South Australia. And um, Josh Kupikis, who we talked about before, and Ben Hobbs, who were with GWV Rebels. I mean, uh, and those two would really suit as well. I mean, Gibkis for that athletic key, key, key defensive option and Ben Hobbs just a bit more well-rounded midfield depth. I mean, if you've got guys like Hobbs and Anderson and... Uh, and Raoul in your midfield, you're not going to lose many uh, midfield battles because all three are tough as nails. Okay. So we turn our attention to the Next Generation Academy prospects and Bodie Euland, Austin Harris and Ned Stevens. Uh, what can you tell me about those? Yeah, so um, Euland's uh, played a little bit through the midfield and halfback. I, I do prefer him halfback because he, he does have a good leap. He's very, very tough. Uh so he, I could see him long-term being a really good stopper. Uh, he's got a big long kick on him, although his shorter kicks sometimes uh, need a little bit of work. But um, he's definitely got some likeable traits. So he's, although he has played through the midfield, like I said before, I still don't prefer him there. But he's got that ability. I mean, he's got quite a bit of the ball uh, playing nab league footy earlier in the year. So he's shown that he can win it there. And he's actually played a lot of uh, time uh, with their VFL side as well. So they, they obviously rate him pretty well. So there's a very good chance they'll take him. I mean, uh, Austin Harris, he, he's a quick and nippy player who can play back. He can play wing, play forward. Uh, he got to represent uh, Australia when they played um, the Geelong VFL, even though that was a smashing. I mean, that just showed how, how well-regarded he is already. And um, he's got some exciting traits as well. And, um, and Ned Stevens, there hasn't been a lot of uh, footage recently of Ned Stevens. He's from that Northern Territory area. Uh, he, he's an athletic uh, forward who can also go for the ruck. Very good leap on him. Uh, hopefully, we get to see a little bit more of him as the year goes on. It may look unlikely, but, I mean, he, he's one that, you know, as an athletic, taller-type player, I mean, those are always in uh, high regard. Okay. Before we move on to the next club, any of you other uh, guys want to chat in? Um, yeah, so just on the academy prospects for Gold Coast, one that was missed out there was um, Will Baller, whose sister Lauren plays in the Gold Coast women's team. And he's, um, I guess, not so athletic, but he uh, plays a really traditional um, full forward role in that he sort of sits one out in the forward 50 and leads up hard at the footy. And he's, he's kind of a, a pretty big lad, so it's hard to sort of take him down or um, get around to spoil him when he's uh, getting on, on some pace. So... He could be one that I look at as well. Yeah, I agree with all that, obviously, and uh, it's good to see a few of the you know Suns players getting some uh, draft combine nominations because uh, in Queensland, you know, they've they've been able to get a bit of footy under their belt, and uh, we went up and saw them against the Lions Academy in a uh, great game in the Sun. Uh, plenty of nineteen-year-old prospects stood out in that one, so. It'll be interesting if they lean towards any of them, but uh, that may all be the case with Brisbane. So, uh, yeah, pretty much agree with uh, the ones who sort of got nominated. Obviously, Harris being the uh, AFL Academy member through that, and um, Ulan's had a good season. So, be interesting to see what they do with their picks, particularly if they can, you know, take a few of them like they have with Davies uh, uh, and the others in last year uh, before the draft. So, that was pretty handy for them, uh, only needing a couple of picks in the actual draft. So a nice little article during the week on Zach Smith and his uh, how he uh, came up through uh, was basically a Queensland soccer representative who got badgered by his teachers into taking up AFL. 
Um, it's been a few more than a few uh, players that have come through unconventional ways in Queensland in in recent years. Uh, I wonder if we're going to expect more of that coming through. Yeah, you'd assume so. Um, you know, the Queensland clubs have probably been, uh, well, this has been perceived from the outside that their academy has been maybe a little bit behind the two New South Wales clubs, but it seems like they've been catching up in the last couple of years and really nailing how they run those and uh, their talent identification within them. All right, on to one that we're all looking forward to, and uh, Hawthorne finished 14th. Uh, I think we're all, well, many of us are glad about that. Uh, maybe not glad, but... No one's really upset about it, are they? Um, Sean Borgoyne has retired. I have just massacred his name there. Sean Burgoyne. They got in my head. They got in my head before the podcast. He hasn't been around that long, so it's all right. Sure. Sure. AFL life member Sean Burgoyne has uh, retired. Uh, So uh, what do they need, PM Bangers? And uh, how are they going to go about getting it? Yeah, don't stress about that mistake. I'm pretty sure he's only played 400-odd games, so <laughs> forgivable. Um, so we've, we've gotten some uh, suggestions from a fellow draft watcher uh, on Big Footy from Davo27, who unfortunately couldn't be on. So uh, for needs, he said that outside mids, rucks, midfield depth, and um, general forwards are, are sort of four of the key areas they should be looking at. I think you know they've got that high pick, which is pretty rare for Hawthorne to have, and... I think a perfect outside mid who should be available around that range is going to be someone like Tyler Sonzi, who has put in some really good performances over not just uh, this year, but his under-16s championships as well was just ridiculous. He got to play NAB League when he was just 16 years old. So he's been highly rated for a long time. And he's one that sort of dropped a little bit, I think, in uh, amateur draft watchers' eyes over the year due to injury. And, you know, some people sort of suffer from out of sight, out of mind, but you know, he's so classy. He played a game for Box Hill earlier, so he's right in their sights. And I think he'd be one of the perfect players for them, really. Uh, then for rucks, your only real pure ruck this year is Toby Conway from the Geelong Falcons. And, you know, he's uh, he's, he's a good ruck. You know, he, he controls the stoppages with his uh, body work and he taps to uh, the advantage of his midfielders and he covers the ground uh, pretty well, uh, stands sort of down the line to be that marking option all right so we've got some questions from the board uh pam bangers i'm sure you're ready and waiting for these blackhawk 42 would like to know is josh sin likely to develop into a midfielder i was born ready for this question in particular to be honest <laughs> um i think sin is almost more likely to become a midfielder at the next level mm-hmm. than a defender i just think with his athletic traits so he's um Agility and particularly speed, it, it's really hard to see whichever team picks him up uh, wanting to contain that to just the half-back line. Um, you know, there were sort of some questions over his kicking when he has been in those, uh, I guess, pressure situations in the midfield. But I think it's uh, more so down to him maybe looking to try to do too much with the football, which I think is something that will be pretty easily drilled out of him in the AFL system. Fair enough. Now, Chopflop would like us uh, to give him some pros and cons of Josh Gota versus Arlo Draper and Bigfooty's own Neil Erasmus. Uh, it's going to be the top pick for them. What are you What are you thinking there? Uh, look, if it was up to me, Wookie, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Neil Erasmus. I think he's just you know the clear standout option. Don't bother scouting any other player. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, you probably can't rely on that for a recruitment strategy. So. 
you know, Erasmus is good. Um, I think he's probably the most different of those three. He's probably less so uh, pure speed and athleticism, more so he moves smoothly around the ground. Um, I think the other two probably have a better kick than him, but he's probably um, more consistent, higher production and better overhead than... Goat is just a really uh, athletic, versatile option. He's played half-back, half-forward, midfield. Um, yeah, he's got some great burst speed, and he's taken a couple of hangers throughout the year, which, you know, bums in seats is what Hawthorne really want, I guess. And then Arlo Draper's one who probably plays more of a high half-forward that pinch hits in the midfield at the next level, and he's got some really clean skills, and he's a good lead-up player and, um, you know, a really smart decision-maker. Okay, and Burner One would like to know, uh, who's the best pure wing types that could be available in the second round? Uh, I think the best pure wing type, full stop, and he should be available around there, is going to be uh, Naziah Wanganin Millera. Um, I, I hope I'm saying that right. But he's uh, he's another really classy player. He's a great kick, and he, he works well in traffic. Um, I think you know there's some sort of criticisms over the fact that he doesn't really win too much hardball, but, I mean... He, you're going to have him on the wing and you didn't, you, oh, what's the saying? You wouldn't take a Rolls Royce four wheel driving, would you? You'd sort of leave them uh, to the pavement where they can do their best sort of work. Okay. Now, what about the next generation Academy prospects here? Uh, and I'm going to regret trying to say these names, but <laughs> this is what you've been waiting for. So uh, Paul Hasbrook and Zachary Silasikin, uh, what are they, what, what's their deal? I actually think you nailed the pronunciation there. I haven't even bothered with Zachary throughout the year. We've been calling him Chili when we've uh, watched him live, which a little bit easier to pronounce. I think um, we'll start with Zach. I think he's probably the least likely of the two just because, um, you know, as, as a key defender, you need to tick a lot of boxes. And I think he, he ticks sort of one box at a time. He finds it uh, very hard to sort of offer a lot offensively when he's doing the defensive stuff, which is an area of his game he could look to improve. And with the NAB League being under 19s now, he, he could come back next year and really uh, stamp himself as one to watch for a mid-season draft candidate. And then uh, Hasbrook, or Broick, or Broke even, would probably be the best way to say it. Um, he's a smaller player with a little bit of speed and uh, he's sort of pretty lively in the forward half. So um, one of those exciting small forwards that might get looked at late draft. Is uh, Bigfooty's own Neil Erasmus likely to still be uh, in the draft by the time Hawthorne get there? Oh, if it was up to me, absolutely not. Um, but I think, you know, these AFL recruiters that think they know how to, you know, recruit, ridiculous. Um, mm. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he'll probably still be on the board for their pick just because, um, you know, the top five's probably set in stone to some degree uh, in the likes of Horn, Francis, Dacos, Darcy, Callahan, and Gibkus. Um, yeah. Gibkiss probably not as certain as the other four, but, you know, that's sort of the top five that most are running with. And then uh, after that is sort of Adelaide's pick, and Neil Erasmus is the type of player that would suit everyone, but particularly Adelaide as well. All right. Well, before we move on to Carlton, uh, Pie for Life, uh, EDPS, you got any thoughts on Hawthorne's prospects? Uh, look, I, I think I sort of mostly agree with PM Bangers there. I, I think that, uh, you know, if they're able to add a few things around the ground. We know they've gone through that rebuild. They're going to have a new coach. They've got a lot of sort of uh, areas they might want to add. Obviously, if they want a, a general forward, um, they might want to try and potentially use 21-24 to trade up a bit and get something in 
throwing out their sort of a Josh Rochelle range or something like that if they were looking for an exciting type. Um, but, like, there's plenty of midfielders floating around in that sort of second round. So, uh, and they've sort of thrown up a few of those. Uh, whether they'll be on the board, though, like your Goaters and your Drapers, it, it's hard to know whether they'd be there because there's every chance they go in the teens, potentially. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they'll probably do some moving on draft night if they've got certain people they're after. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of gap, obviously, between 24 and 56 then as well. So, um, yeah, I'm just interested to make sure they actually go to the draft with pick five because we know they don't often go to the draft. So to see them go high up in the draft will be quite fascinating. We know, like, you know, the last pick five was Buddy Franklin, so they did all right with that. So um, if they do that again, then, you know, they're cooking with hot gas. So, yeah, they'll be right. Wasn't Granger Barras pick five last year, or am I Not misremembering? Me. Oh, well. Let me look it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had we don't do research here. We're just, you know, throwing <laughs> it out. Oh, yeah. And so right. speak, speaking of Granger Brass, I mean, he, he will add hopefully next year and the next year or two to just add to that exciting back line there. They're really starting to get going. I mean, they've got uh, Will Day, who's just been fantastic off halfback. They've got James Sicily still to come back as well. So those three players, are, you know, they have elite written all over them for the next coming years, but... If there's one area that I feel that they just really need to, to work on is that outside class and just Rolls-Royce types of midfielders. I mean, they've got a lot of the same type of midfielders already in their setup. I mean, uh, Mitchell and Warple and O'Meara is kind of the same type of player. So looking for some midfielders that are either dynamic or just really good kicks of the footy, I mean, I mean, they would hope that someone like Finn Callahan could drift. But if not, another name to throw up there would probably be Josh Ward who's, you know, got a really good skills on him, uh, but also has a good mix between inside and outside if need be. And I really, really look forward to seeing how Tyler Brockman goes after a couple of years. I mean, he could really provide that forward spark when, I mean, Luke Bruce isn't going to be there forever. So they'd really need to find, you know, some more small forwards. I mean, you've got Wingard there as well, but another small forward that can really, uh, really break the game open and win your games of footy. And I think that Tyler Brockman could really be one of those players. And uh, just just back on that, I just had a quick search, and Granger Barras was pick six. So <laughs> uh, my, this is why we uh, don't doubt my fun facts. And you know, unfortunately, the uh, the big gun coming in here uh, misfired. So that's the way it is. Hey, you don't buy a machine gun just to leave it sitting on the shelf. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. All right, <laughs> we're going to move on to the next uh, to the next and final team for this evening's discussions at Carlton, uh, the team of my youth. Uh, they finished 13th, uh, no surprises there. Eddie Betts, Mark Murphy have retired, and Levi Casbolt has been delisted. Uh, Rumour has it he's on his way to the Gold Coast. Um, I've been asked to define what I think Carlton's needs are. We could be here for a while. Uh, I, I think we definitely need a Ruckman. Uh, Pittenhead has been somewhat less than stellar. Um, and I'd like to see another midfielder or two. I'd also like to see a board that doesn't sack a coach every year or two. Uh, a football manager that actually knows what he's doing. Although I do note that we appointed Greg Williams today and legend of the club and stellar midfielder of his day. So hopefully that will make some changes, at least in our football department. But uh, player-wise, yeah, I think we need a Ruckman and a midfielder, guys. How do we get them? Yeah, so... It- 
very interesting. I wasn't expecting to have to look up uh, team managers and, uh, <laughs> you know, presidents and stuff when I was doing this research. But uh, there we go. Um, certainly in terms of midfielder, look, one of the ones that I really like at that range is uh, Ben Hobbs. He's inside midfielder, uh, loves to, you know, have a crack. And I once said, like, each time I watch him, I sort of say, I describe him as, I feel like I need to have a hot bath because you go and watch him and he just crunches in, like, so hard. You're like, never seen someone kind of go as hard as he does. And um, he's just that inside body that could potentially, you know, help out Walsh and Cripps and provide that extra bit in there. Uh, You've got Ward, who uh, EDPS just sort of alluded to before. You know, he could play that inside role, but also the outside if you need to. You know, you've got Matty Ro- uh, Roberts as well as Johnson over in uh, WA. There's a, there's a good variety there. Now, obviously, it doesn't mean they all um, necessarily have to go up at six because it's a bit of a uh, push for some of them. But certainly, if you're looking at Hobbs and, and potentially Ward, that's around that range. Um, you know, in terms of a ruck, if, you, if you're going to go, you might, like, you could push for Mac Andrew potentially. Uh, obviously, he's got that versatility. He can play forward. Uh, if you wanted the later uh, sort of pick, uh, maybe around, you might, well, you'd have to use 25 potentially if you're going to get Toby Conway, um, just because the next one's down at 61. So uh, it would be quite interesting to see that, but I quite like those. And I know that uh, a, a few Carlton supporters I've talked to uh, really like Josh Rochelle as a, a selection too, if you went down that route as a forward, if you did view him as a midfielder in the future, but very, very exciting forward, very damaging uh, in the air and ground level. So, um, there's quite a few options around there, but uh, certainly I think from a midfield perspective, if you go with that in that sort of top range, I definitely like the look of sort of a Hobbs or potentially a Ward going in there. Okay, so the, the, all the talk at the moment is about Adam Serra coming over to Carlton. Uh, Rumours have been going on for a couple of days now. Uh, theories are that he's going to go for pick six or more. Uh, I've seen on the Carlton board today where they're speculating it's pick six and pick 25 will be asked for. Uh, I would say that's very unlikely. Um, who who was uh, who are they likely to get at six instead of Sarah? Well, we sort of yeah, sort of alluded to it there with Hobbs or Ward or something like that. Um, actually, like I mean, yeah, known value is probably they probably give up pick six and that's probably where it goes. If I was Carlton, I'd be wanting something back with uh, Sarah there. I, I think that they should get another pick back. Um, but, you know, you are what you are. He, he was a, a top 10 pick. Uh, probably throw to find out from PM Bangers, given he's the expert at what picks players went at. But, uh, you, you know, we've got... Um, he's someone who can come in straight away and have an impact. So Carlton sort of were looking for that. But I think that someone like a Hobbs or a Ward um, can do exactly that as well. So um, for me, if you were going to decide between uh, Sarah and a midfielder here... It's obviously, you know, you've got your known quantity and then what it could be. Hobbs is definitely more your inside, definitely inside, where Ward's more your balanced. Um, but potentially, just purely on that trade, uh, I'd probably be asking something back um, with Terra if, if it's me. But, um, yeah, I don't know what the others think, but that's sort of what I would be doing, um, thinking that I, I don't think it'll necessarily happen. It may end up being that straight swap, but um, Carlton probably should get something back for that, in my opinion. But, yeah. I really hate these bits where they they Carlton trade out like top picks for one player. I, I just I don't like it. I, I I've never liked it, and it's, well, it's even better when you trade out top players for late picks. That's that's even more fun. <laughs> so, um, father son Charlie McKay or Charlie McKay. Um, what's his what's his uh, prospects like? 
Uh, yeah, look, he's had a good season. Uh, obviously, you know, that top age now, Grade missed out last year. He's that sort of big-bodied sort of inside midfielder. I have seen him play a few other roles, though. He played off half-back a little bit when they were full strength and whatnot, and he, he can move around the ground. Um, but he certainly can win the ball. He's a accumulator, and while a lot of the other kids are at school footy, he can rack it up. Like, he had some pretty big numbers uh, in the NAB League. He's a player that, you know, Sandy keep telling us, make sure you keep an eye on him. He, he should come into consideration. And, look, fair enough, too. Look, he's probably a rookie-type prospect they might take a punt on. Uh, it won't cost them anything, I don't think, if, if need be, but... Uh, he's come a long way this year in terms of his consistency and just been able to have an impact around the ground. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he goes. Like I said, it won't cost him anything really, I would think, if he does. So, um, yeah, he, he's someone that they might get in that can fill that sort of role on the cheap, that sort of extra midfielder. But, um, yeah, he can play other positions too. And from the Next Generation Academy, Dominic Acuey, or however that is pronounced, how is yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, I'll go with Acu. Yeah, he's um yeah I've seen I've seen a bit of him this year uh, with the Knights. You know he's a sort of developing athletic ruck, probably in the same boat really as McKay. Probably a bit behind uh, in the sense that he's just very very raw. He would probably uh, do well as a 19 year old comeback. Uh, you know he's that what is it 192 76. So he's that undersized ruck. So he's not. Yeah, he, he sort of could play around the ground as well a bit. Um, but, yeah, he's been playing when I've seen him a fair bit in the ruck for the Knights. Um, yeah, he, he's able to leap fairly well, which is obvious. You know, in fact, he's 192. Um, but he's your more long-term project. Uh, he's one of those that you look at and you go, maybe we can develop for another year or two. But um, probably not at this stage, similar to the other NGA prospects you were talking about with Hawthorne. But, um, yeah, he, he's got some talent. He... he you're able to spot him with the way he's able to leap, take some good marks and everything like that. But, um, yeah, it's just putting it all together, get some consistency. All right. And is uh, Bigfooty's own Neil Erasmus uh, likely to be available at pick six? Just asking for a friend. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, we've sort of run through that. If, if the other two uh, recruiters here don't take him, he's every chance they might slip here. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think definitely like he's firm into the uh, WA's top uh, prospect here, so I, I think Carlton, you know, could well take him. Like, obviously, if North Melbourne don't take him with pick one, so um, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I like he's obviously another option they could look at there, so they don't mind the WA kids. Uh, obviously, Paddy Cripps in there, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll be fascinating to see where they go. And uh, EDPS and PM Bangers, uh, what are your thoughts on Carlton's prospects and needs here? Um, yeah, I think you, you probably at this stage you should be looking at your later draft options. Unfortunately, Wookie, because I reckon that cherry trade's probably uh, going to go through for pick six. And I think God damn it. you know some <laughs> so, some later guys you could look at. You know, I think um, Judson Clark is one from the Dandenong Stingrays. Who's you know he's got some real speed and and really top line agility as a small forward midfielder. Um, so I think that those are probably two areas that you could use a little bit of creativity and uh, athleticism in. So he'd be a good one to look out for maybe in the second round. Um, and then just for key defenders, I think one that might be around late draft is a guy um, from Geelong Falcons called Oscar Morrison. So he's been, uh, he's done well all year, but particularly in sort of the last two or three games he's played, he's uh, impressed a few people with his ability to stop forwards that are a lot taller and more physical than him. 
Yeah, so with that, you know, pick 25 and 61, it really doesn't leave much with that 61 if you even get to use it. But that, that pick 25, I mean, at the moment, it's pretty even in that section. So the player you get a pick 25 will very likely be in Carlton's top 15 players they would have rated anyway. So I think you'd still be feel confident in, and especially as well, there's a lot of variety in that range as well. So whatever comes up, whatever they feel... Uh, if you need a certain type of player, there's, there's definitely certain certain types around in that range. I mean, especially a few good small forwards. Uh, the key defender stocks, I mean, they're not overly great this year, but um, there are some good key forwards who could play key defence as well. So uh, just be on the lookout for that. All right. Anything else you guys want to add before we wrap up the podcast tonight? Uh, not really. I think we've pretty much covered most of them. Um, pretty happy with uh, the way it went. These guys went all right. Um, their clubs. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I think these three teams uh, obviously all have their high picks, whether Carlton keep it or not. Probably not. But, um, you know, they're still developing. They've got some good young kids that are coming through. So, um, yeah, Gold Coast and Carlton have obviously been at the bottom for a little while uh, now. So, uh, they've got a few that they've built up. Hawthorne are probably going through that rebuild for that second year, maybe, of that proper rebuild. So, um, yeah, we've, we've seen some good signs in the second half of the season for them. So, no doubt, um, they're going to probably uh, start to go back up again um, once they're able to get a few more kids in and uh, build up that depth with the core. Um, yeah, and I just had uh, a comment on Neil Erasmus' watch for you, Wookie. Yes. Because um, I know you're a big fan, and I'm not sure how much you have been able to see of Neil because footage from WA is limited but and black and news. white I assume oh, well you know, you know it's <laughs> sent in by carrier pigeon sometimes <laughs> um, I've got some good news for you and the other Erasmus fans that mm-hmm. uh, may not have been able to see him this Saturday uh, it's been confirmed we're going to have WA versus uh, SA in the under 19s championships that'll be played at 1pm uh, Western Australian time so that's about 8 a.m. on Sunday for the East Coast, I think. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, that'll be a good one to watch. You'll see guys like Erasmus, but also, you know, Horn Francis, uh, Matty Roberts, Arlo Draper, uh, Jaya Miss, Jacob Van Royen. There's there's a lot of big names there, and uh, especially for, um, you know, the WA clubs and the SA clubs, probably a good one to watch if you're not doing anything on Saturday. Well, we are always keen on any news of Bigfooty's own Neil Erasmus. I did note that... Uh, it was possible at one stage for him to be taken in West Coast's uh, Next Generation Academy. Um, yeah, which... well, um, I think it's, from what I understand, Erasmus is a pretty uh, South African surname, so I reckon they would have been a bit foolish if they didn't at least uh, and, ask that question. And taken from cricket as well, so he would have met all the, uh, would have met all the criteria there. It wouldn't have mattered anyway with the new rules because as what we're seeing with Mac Andrew with Melbourne, I mean, if you're a player that's in that in top, that top 20, twenty range, yeah. a, a bid can't be matched. So I, I don't think West. It was kind of silly from West Coast from the get go. <laughs> well, you got to, you can't blame them for trying, can you? Um, Charlie McKay. Just getting back to that before we go. What's the, no chance of a bidding war for him like there will be for Nick Dacos? Uh, definitely not to that extent. Uh, we might see a, a Jack Silvani situation where uh, Adrian Dodoro decides to put a cheeky one in late in the draft, <laughs> yes. but I don't, don't think he's uh, much danger. <laughs> don't of you worry. We're, we're eyeing off oh. Bombers' father-son picks for that reason. Don't you worry. Well, there's uh, a couple of them this year, I believe. Yeah. So oh, Don't uh, get it started. We'll be here for three days. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all waiting for that. 
Uh, guys, thank you very much for joining in. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you all again. You can find all of these fine gentlemen, EDPS, PM Bangers, and Pi for Life, who inhabit the dark regions of the Big Footy Forum on the Daft and Trading Board. Or, sorry, Draft and Trading Board. Daft? The, you not, call it a Daft? Not. Uh, it's just not been my night. Uh, the Draft and Trading Board. You can also find further information on the draft at draftcentral.com.au. Um, but yeah, otherwise, guys, thanks for coming, and we'll see you all next time. Yeah, beauty. See you then. <laughs>